If the Braves were willing to spend big on Aaron Nola, that means there should be no stopping them from going out and getting a frontline starting pitcher this offseason. You are locked on Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. I have a corresponding piece about Yamamoto up on bravestoday.com. If you want to go check that out, I'll be talking about that on this episode as well. If you're New on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thanks so much for all the support there. Thanks to Nick Harvey, who let me know that they recently subscribed here on YouTube. Thanks for all the support that you give me there. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. It does help the show. Thank you so much for all your support. Subscribe, all that good stuff, especially wherever you get your podcast. You listen to the audio version. Really appreciate that as well. Again, means a ton to me as we go on the Thanksgiving. I'm very thankful for this community we have here at Locked On Braves. we got so many people already in here live, just about every off-season episode I do live. We have Leland and her in here, Robert, AG7, uh, Arginus, Kenneth, Adam Dowd, Protect PR, Lex Rollins of Wolf and a Man, Kenneth, Rich, Steven, the Wild One, uh, Lex in here, Rich, Mark Riggs. We got so many people. Joe Mixon, hope you're doing a lot better. Already mentioned Nick's Har- Harvey, Little League, Jeffrey Humphreys, Alan Hay, Gary Gibson, Alan Hayes, and Gary Gibson. Thanks so much for joining live. I've got so many others. You have been killing it here, showing up for the live podcast and also the views as well, whether you're watching live or replay. Thank you so much for all support here at Locked On Braves. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about the starting pitching market, where the Braves go next. Now with Aaron Nola off the board, we'll discuss all that. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And getting started in today's podcast, I really want to have a, a conversation today because I'm really interested with where the Braves go next on the starting pitching market. I think this is pretty fascinating. We may just spend the whole episode kind of just having a conversation about this because I think there's so many different ways that you can go right now. I see Robert in here talking about Brandon Woodruff would be a good fit. Um, Cherry agreeing as well, saying Woodruff would be uh, good, but just a slightly better Kyle Wright, but he got coming off injuries. I just think there's so many ways that the Braves could go here. I see others joining as well. I want to give a shout out. Jason Sather, Glenn Crook, Michael Ritchie, Steve Stallings, Chris Fields, Reyes in here. Thank you so much. Again, I want this to be more of a conversational podcast, so I'm going to try to read some of the comments as we go along. I want to get some of your thoughts on this. In my mind, if the rumors are true on how aggressive the Braves were in going after Aaron Nola, possibly offering him as much as $27 million a year, maybe on a little bit shorter deal than what he ultimately got with the Phillies. If those rumors are true, and I've, I've heard some counter rumors to that, that that's not actually the case, but there's so many 
there's so much reporting out there from sources that I do somewhat trust. I feel like there is at least some truth to the fact that the Braves were highly aggressive in going after NOLA. You want to you know, talk about the years and the AAV that they were actually willing to offer. You know, We're probably never really going to know that, but I think we can say for certainty that the Braves were aggressive in going after Aaron Nola. And if that's true, then I think we got a lot to discuss here in where the Braves go next and how they follow up with that. Lopez, we talked about Ronaldo Lopez yesterday. In my mind, that is a fallback option. That's not a real solution. That's just in case these other options don't work out. We'll give Lopez a shot in the rotation. But in my mind, that cannot be one of the options. And I promise I'm going to get to Yamamoto here in a little bit. But this idea that the Braves were willing to spend so much on Aaron Nola means so many things to me. First of which is that in my mind, and I had, I've been saying this for a year, I think Max Fried is gone. If you were willing to give that much money to Aaron Noah, why would you not offer that much money to Max Fried? And there's some people out there who like Aaron Nola better because of the durability, but I, I, it would be hard for me to believe that there's many people out there that truly believe when fully healthy, Aaron Nola is a better pitcher than Max Fried. If you're willing to go that far on Nola, why wouldn't you give that money to Max Freed unless Max Freed, as Glenn Crook says, maybe he just wants to go west. Maybe he would just wants to test free agency again. I've kind of been of the belief that Max Freed's going to test free agency, sign somewhere else. He's going to get 28, 30 million on the free agent market. I truly believe that. So that's that's the one thing that this signifies for me. If that if the Braves were that aggressive on Nola. It seems to me like they know that they're not getting Max Freed back unless there's just a world where you could sign Nola and still extend Max Freed. But again, my first thought was if they're willing to do that with Nola, it means they know Max Freed is gone. They're trying to find that front of the rotation pitcher to pair with Spencer Strider after Max Freed leaves. So that's one thing that this tells me. Another thing this tells me is that the Braves do have money to spend. They're okay going into the luxury tax because they're basically already there now, but you sign a deal like that and you're pretty much saying, I'm okay with the luxury tax. Now they do have some money coming off the books next year. Marcelo Zuna, Max Freed, Charlie Morton are three pretty big contracts that are going to come off the books next year that could possibly get you under the luxury tax, even if you make a big deal. But again, We've never seen that level of commitment, especially to a free agent starting pitcher. So as Lex Rollins says, it is out of character for AA to spend that kind of money. And so that's why, again, if these rumors are to be believed, we have to completely change our mindset and what is possible in free agency for the Atlanta Braves. Because I've been saying all offseason and said all last offseason, until I see it, I can't believe it that Alex Anthopoulos would sign a free agent starting pitcher going into their 30s for that high of an AAV for that many years. But again, if we are to believe that they were that aggressive on Aaron Nola, then we have to rethink everything and what is possible in free agency for the Braves. And that kind of leads to the Yamamoto discussion, who had I have in the, the thumbnail of this video. If money is not 
an option here. And I know that's not necessarily the case. There are limits. There were limits with Aaron Nola. They weren't willing to go so many years. And that's something that's been a sticking point for Alex Anthopoulos in the past, including with Freddie Freeman. The whole holdup there was he didn't want to go that sixth year. So length of a contract has been a holdup for Alex Anthopoulos in the past. But it's different when we're talking about Yamamoto because he is only 25 years old. So you should feel more comfortable giving him six, seven, eight, maybe nine years. There will be trade rumors predicting nine years for Yamamoto in free agency. This seems like the perfect fit for Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves. If you're looking to get that front of the rotation arm, which many people project he will be, you should feel more comfortable giving a 25-year-old a seven, eight, nine-year deal like Yamamoto compared to some of these other guys, even like an Aaron Nola, who's going into his 30s, even a Sonny Gray, who's going into his mid-30s, even though that would be a shorter-term deal, even a Blake Snell, you know, who's in his 30s and had some ups and downs. It feels like Yamamoto is more of a safer sign for the Braves. Now, there is the question marks, as there always is with international players. How is that going to translate? But you look at the numbers for Yamamoto, and they are just other Worldly seven years in the NPB, a 1.82 ERA, a 0.935 whip, a 2.1 walk per nine, a 9.3 K per nine. This past season, he had a 1.21 ERA, a 0.884 whip, 1.5 walk per nine, and 9.3 K per nine. Those are just ridiculous numbers. And yes, we see those numbers in Japan, maybe not quite to that level. But we see those numbers in Japan, and sometimes it doesn't always correlate over into professional baseball. But still, many talent evaluators, people who have watched him, and I have not watched him, so I can't say you know, from firsthand experience watching him, but many talent evaluators believe that he will be a front-of-the-rotation pitcher. And very rarely do you get the opportunity to sign a front-of-the-rotation pitcher in free agency at 25 years old. So I just think this is a unique opportunity and it's unique for everybody. And it's why he's going to be so sought after is because you just don't get an opportunity like this to sign a front of the rotation pitcher at 25 years old, just for a little bit of comparison, say Kodai Senga, who was really good for the Mets this past year, his last season in, um, in NPB, he had a 1.94 ERA, 144 innings, 1.056 whip, 3.1 walk per nine, and 9.8 K per nine. So pretty similar numbers. And again, Sanga was really good this past year for the Mets. So he's also, uh, Yamamoto has routinely thrown over 150-plus innings the last five seasons, including throwing over 190 innings in 2021 and 2022. So... I just feel like if there the money is there, and it sounds like it is for Aaron Nola, why would the money not be there for a guy like Yamamoto, who seems like a little bit safer pick in regards to the length of the deal because he is 25? I, I just think it's a no-brainer. Again, it's going to be a no-brainer for a lot of teams. He's going to have a lot of suitors. You're going to have to pay the posting fee as well, which adds to it, and you know, sometimes international players, when they come over, there's just a specific, a specific franchise, a specific part of the U.S. that they want to play in. And that may be the case. And, you know, that can sometimes hurt a team like the Braves. 
who haven't signed a lot of players coming over from Japan. So again, a lot outside of the Braves control, but if money is there and it sounds like it is, Yamamoto just seems like a pretty obvious choice. And again, it's not somebody that I have seen pitch a lot in person. Uh, we did get to see him in the World Baseball Classic, Protect PR, saying I saw Yamamoto pitch in the WBC and he had a wicked cutter. The stuff looks good. I've watched you know, some video of him. Again, you never really know how that's going to translate until you get a chance to see it. But again, my whole point in this discussion that I want to be clear on is that if you are willing to spend this money on NOLA, one, it tells me Max Reed's days in the Braves uniform are limited to 2024, but it tells me there's money there to spend and they really want to go out and get a frontline starter. And if that's the case, I think Yamamoto is the best option still available unless you feel really good about Shohei Otani coming back and being that top of the rotation pitcher. So I think Yamamoto's in play. He got posted earlier this week. Going to be a lot of suitors for him. Probably be a while before we know something there. There are some other options out there like a Blake Snell, a Sonny Gray. I want to talk about those options next. What if the Braves can get that frontline starter? Then what is the backup plan? We'll discuss that more here next. Get in all the, all the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action. You got a lot of sports happening right now. Not Major League Baseball, unfortunately, but you want to get a futures bet in on the 2024 World Series. Your Atlanta Braves are currently the favorite at plus 600, but currently you do have the NFL. You got NBA going on right now, NHL, college football coming up, that season coming to an end. So, so many things that you can get in on. The app is so easy to use with a wide range of options, betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. FanDuel also has some Thanksgiving specials for the games happening on Thanksgiving if you want to get in on that action. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get your bets placed and also visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. One more time, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on the action. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, getting back into our discussion today, I just realized I had the wrong graphic up, so I apologize for that. But we are talking about the starting pitching market for the Braves and where they go from here after Aaron Nola does sign with the Phillies. I know we talked about that already, but I want to make that clear uh, for maybe some that don't know. Aaron Nola signing with the Phillies, the Braves being highly aggressive on him. Another thing I wanted to talk about is were they willing to go that far in on Nola because he was the right guy? And you go back to the article with Ken Rosenthal where he talked about the Braves being willing to spend big on the right guy. Was Nola just the right guy for the Braves in the fact that Alex felt comfortable going in on Nola because of his durability, because of his postseason pedigree? Is there another guy out there that Alex Anthopoulos feels comfortable within that regard to go that long on a deal with them. Look, I've said it before. Aaron Nola is not, 
not somebody that I loved. I, I've gone on record and said that, you know, Blake Snell, you know, at least performance wise has been more consistent throughout the years than Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola has these peaks and valleys where he's a four and a half ERA pitcher. And then he's a, a three and a half ERA pitcher in the regular season, but he does always post and he always starts. Do you feel that comfortable and confident giving a long-term deal to the rest of these guys? Or was Aaron Nola just that perfect fit that the Braves felt comfortable going in on? Outside of Yamamoto, who we talked about, who, again, like I said, is probably the only other free agent starter that I feel somewhat comfortable giving that length of a contract to because of his age. You look at Blake Snell. He's about to turn 31. He's only thrown over 130 innings twice. Both times he did that, 2018 and 2023, he won the Cy Young. So that's why I say the consistency in innings hasn't been there for Blake Snell, but the consistency in production has been. When he's pitched throughout the years, he's been really good. But do you trust the durability of that for $28 million a year over seven, eight years, whatever it may be? that he gets. I don't know that the Braves trust that you look at somebody like Sonny Gray, who the Braves have been mentioned with a lot. You know, he's going into his age 34 season. He's had some peaks and valleys throughout his career. I feel like he is, I don't want to call it a fallback option, but in my mind it is because I don't love Sonny Gray. I think he'd be fine on a three-year deal. You also got to pay the qualifying offer penalty with signing him it's not my it wouldn't be my first choice and to me he's a mid-rotation starter maybe has a little bit of number two upside in him but you know all pitchers come with injury risk but he's had some durability issues and again he's had some peaks and valleys throughout his career production wise so I just don't I don't love Sonny Gray I feel like it's somewhat of a I want to call it a safe option but you know, somebody you can get on a, a two, three year deal. I want to go back to the Yamamoto discussion for just a second. There's one thing I forgot to mention is that because he's coming over at 25, if there's an opportunity to give him a nine year deal, you know, for a $25 million AAV, whatever it may be, and you give him the opportunity for an opt out after that fourth or fifth year, if he wants that, I'd be all willing to do that. If he wants to hit the market again, you know, going into his 30s, I would give him that opt out if I'm the Braves. I think that would be a fantastic move because of the Braves window is the next four, five, six years. So I, that's another reason why I just think Yamamoto lines up perfectly for the Braves. And there's, you know, nothing saying that he would want to do that, but I think that would be another good option they would have for signing Yamamoto. But going back to Gray, you know, don't love him. I don't think there's a lot of certainty there. Jordan Montgomery, haven't heard much noise around him this offseason, but he's about to turn 31. He's coming off a career year just like Sonny Gray that I don't know he can replicate. He has thrown 157 or more innings the last three seasons, topping out at 188.2 last year. He feels like a guy that is going to be durable, maybe a Lance Lynn type. You know, Before Lance Lynn kind of fell off a cliff here at the end, I feel like that's what Jordan Montgomery can be. But again, it's it's not somebody that moves the needle for me. You got Shota Imanaga uh, also coming over from Japan. He's kind of the light version of Yamamoto, but five years older, projected to be a number three or four starter. Eduardo Rodriguez, he's turning 31. He threw 200 innings in 2019, didn't pitch in 2020, and then 157 and two-thirds innings, 91 innings, and 152 and two-thirds innings this last over the last three years with a 404 ERA, 
a 1.286 whip, 2.1 walk per nine, and a K per nine of nine. So again, there is just this tier to me in free agency that I just don't fully trust. I don't trust Blake Snell's durability. I don't trust Sonny Gray coming off a career year we probably won't see again going into his mid-30s. I don't fully trust Jordan Montgomery coming off a, a career year and all the you know all the, the attention that he has right now from a good playoff performance as well for the money that he's about to get. Would I like Jordan Montgomery? Yes, I would. But again, I think he's going to get more than he's probably worth what that is free agency. That's how it goes. So point is, I just don't, I don't feel fully comfortable and confident in this next group of free agent starting pitchers right here. And again, going back to where we started, if the Braves were really in on Aaron Nola because they love the durability, they knew they were going to get 180 innings and they like what he's done in the postseason. Can you say that about any of these other free agent starting pitchers? I don't know that you can. I don't think that you can. Like I said, maybe Jordan Montgomery is a guy you feel like can give you that durability over 162, and he's coming off a really good postseason. But his stuff isn't typically, you know, a dominant postseason type of pitcher. So again, I just don't love this second group of free agents here. There are trade options that you could explore. Um, you know, Corbin Burns. Freddie Peralta, Tyler Glasnow, Dylan C, Shane Bieber, you know, at least in the, you know, Glasnow, Cease, Burns, even Peralta, you know, those are guys in my mind who are top of the rotation pitchers. You're going to have to give up prospects and you're going to have to pay them a little good, a little bit. Burns and Glasnow are, you know, impending free agents. So again, there's, there's that risk that's involved as well. But those are the, you know, if you're looking for top of the rotation pitching, I think those are the options. Maybe there's some other trade options uh, we haven't explored quite yet. But in my mind, it's, you know, Nola's gone. It's Otani. If you feel like he's coming back healthy in 2025 and can pitch. And then it's Yamamoto. And then it's trade options like Cease, like Burns, Peralta, Glass now. I don't consider really Bieber even being in that upper tier either. That's what you're looking at for top of the rotation pitchers. And if you're not in Lindsey Crosby, over at bravestoday.com and also does Locked On MLB Prospects. Had a good kind of follow-up article to the one I wrote on Yamamoto. If you're not going to get one of these guys, if you're not going to get one of these top-of-the-rotation guys, then just go out and get a couple of these three, you know, three, four starters and just get a couple of these guys to get you through 162. Hope that something hits for the postseason. There is another tier after those starters I just talked about. Seth Lugo, Lucas Giolito, Marcus Stroman, Jack Flaherty, Michael Waka, Kenta Maeda, Mike Clevenger, Michael Lorenzen, Sean Manaya, Tyler Maley, and Brandon Woodruff, who we discussed, who are options more for 2025 than 2024, and Frankie Montas. So there is another group there. You know, take a shot on a couple of those guys. I like Tyler Maley and Brandon Woodruff. Maybe you get something at the back half of 2024 that becomes a spark for you later in the year. If not, then you, you got them for 2025 once Freed is gone. So there's a lot of ways the Braves can go, and that's why I say I think this is an interesting discussion to have in terms of where do the Braves go. And I think in my mind, if the money is there, the only other real free agent option 
that I think you can feel somewhat comfortable about like you did for an Aaron Nola is Yamamoto, mainly because of the age that he is at, that you would feel comfortable giving him that length. I would not feel comfortable giving a seven-year, eight-year deal to Blake Snell, whatever it, it may be. You want to give a three-year deal to Sonny Gray, yes, and I think that's why a lot of people have him linked to the Braves is because of the short-term aspect of that deal. But even that, you know, I just don't think that's foilproof. I think there are certainly some risk in there, as there are always risk in, st in signing starting pitchers. So, again, for me, if you can't get Yamamoto, I would look for the trade market. I would go after a Corbin Burns, a Tyler Glass, not, Glass now, even though that $25 million price tag for one year is pretty steep, or Dylan Cease, who I talked about in my ideal offseason, is the guy that I would go after because you're getting that extra year of control. But there's just so many ways the Braves can still go. It's going to be a, a fascinating offseason. I do not think Ronaldo Lopez is that guy. I think there's there's got to be more coming for this Braves team. I think Lopez is just kind of a, a fallback option. What I would love to see, I would love to see them, obviously, as a Braves fan in here, and it's not my money, would love to see them sign a Yamamoto and then do what the Cardinals have done and going out and getting a veteran starter you know, they got Kyle Gibson. They got um, Lance Lynn on one-year deals. I've been saying for a while, go give me Luis Severino on a one-year deal for eight or ten million. See if he can find the magic. Because when healthy, when he was healthy and good, he was a top of the rotation pitcher. So there's still a lot of options out here. I think Aaron Nola was their plan A, and I think there were reasons for that: the durability, the postseason re resume. But now I just wonder, where do the Braves pivot now that their plan A is gone? It seems like Lopez was kind of a part of a plan D, plan B. Not Sorry, I want to call him a plan D. But I think after they lost out on Nola, they thought, okay, let's get somebody else in case none of these other options are to our liking and become too expensive. Lopez is kind of a fallback option. I, I'm still questionable question whether or not he's really going to go into the rotation. Spencer uh, Chatran said, what about Shane Bieber? I talked about him. I just, I don't think he's a top of the rotation pitcher at this point. I think he's more of a mid of the rotation starter. And I think if I'm going to make a trade, I'm going to probably go for a top of the rotation guy like Cease, Burns, Glass now. I think those are the guys that I'm going to go after. So again, I think this is a fascinating discussion with what the Braves will do. As Owen Ray says, Cease has Cy Young upside. I certainly I certainly believe that. I think that he does. And again, that would be my trade option. But again, I think Yamamoto just makes a ton of sense. So I can't wait to see what Alex Anthopoulos does. I believe there is still so much more that can be done. Um, but I just, I cannot get past the fact that the Braves were willing to go that high on Aaron Nola and just how that completely scrambles my brain into what the Braves could possibly do and gets me excited for what the Braves could possibly do. We're going to take one more quick break, come back, take some of your comments, and wrap things up. Getting back into this starting pitching discussion, as Chris Kaysen says, it is absolutely hard trying to figure out what AA is doing, and yes, it is. We can talk on here all day, and that's why I think it's so fun, and the offseason is so fun. I thank you so much for being a part of this and having these conversations with me because it is, you know, so interesting because we can all sit here and speculate, but Alex Anthopoulos is five steps ahead of us in what he's going to do. I talked about Ronaldo Lopez as somebody that I liked, but 
I never even thought about moving him back to the starting rotation. And again, I'm skeptical if that'll work out or not, but that's just where Alex Antopoulos mind is, is that, yeah, we'll sign him. We'll sign him for 11 million a year. And if he works out as a starting pitcher, great. 11 million for a middle rotation starter is certainly a good value. If not, 11 million for a back, you know, back in reliever, high leverage guy is still solid value as well. So yes, trying to figure out what Alex and is going to do is what makes this offseason so fun. There's so many roster spots open. And now that we know they're willing to spend big on pitching, again, it just completely changes the thought process on what the Braves are willing to do. Leland Hurt asks, what are your podcast plans for the remainder of the week? Um, Good question. Haven't quite decided on what we're going to do Wednesday. Probably will not have a podcast on Thursday unless something happens. And then Friday we'll have our mailbag episode. We'll probably just continue this offseason conversation and where the Braves do go next uh, on Wednesday. Uh, but again, probably will not have a podcast on Thursday unless something breaks. And then we'll have our traditional mailbag episode on Friday. Question here from Nick Harvey says, I love Arcia's energy. Just as have never seen him as the long-term answer with Adamus rumored to be on the block, what are the chances of a trade, and, and would he be any better than Orlando? I love Willie Adamus. I covered the Brewers when they traded for Willie Adamus, and he is just – he is a spark plug of energy in that clubhouse. Now, Arcia is too, and it seems like, you know, up until that postseason series, he was a, a great clubhouse guy, and I still think he is. I'm not taking away uh, – you know, I'm not – what he did in the postseason and the antics and all that with the fans. I'm not trying to let that, you know, brush past how great of a teammate he has been and how great of a guy he is in the clubhouse. But I do think Willie Adamas can bring that same level of energy. He wants to compete. He wants to win. He's very solid defensively and has some home run power. He has more power than Arcia, but probably a little bit less average. And I like the defense. I think it's slightly better. Then Arcia's, I don't have the defensive metrics right in front of me, but just what I remember from watching Adamas and watching Arcia, I would say Adamas's defense is a little bit better and a little bit more power, but probably a little bit less average. So it would be solid. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know if it's an upgrade enough over Arcia, depending on what you'd have to give up in that deal. And that's probably what we'll talk about tomorrow. We'll, we'll explore some more of these trade options um, for the Braves this offseason. Justin Adams, would Snell sign a lower AAV with inning incentives? I don't know that he's going to have to, and that's that's another problem with signing Snell is that like Snell, like Sonny Gray, like Jordan Montgomery, they're all coming off career seasons, and it makes me so nervous to sign pitchers in their 30s coming off of career seasons. He doesn't have to sign a deal with incentives. He just won the NL Cy Young. Now, teams are smarter than that now, they can look at the expected ERA and know he's not going to be a, a sub three ERA pitcher, maybe ever again in his career, but still somebody's going to be willing to give him big money, big years just because of that. So I, I still think he's going to get a big deal, whether it's incentive laden, laden or not. AG7, which are the more willing to pay top prospects for rental, 30 million posting fee, or the or the qualifying offer penalties? Probably probably the posting fee. I mean, that's just money, and it's not my money. So I would say the posting fee. The qualifying offer penalties, 
for a farm system that the Braves have, I think it hurts them a little bit more. The prospects, they don't have a lot of top prospects. If you can make any trade without giving up Hurston Walter for A.J. smith Shaver, that's a huge win for the Braves. So, again, it's not my money, so the $30 million posting fee is the easy answer for me in, what, in terms of what I'm willing to do of those three options. Of Wolf and Man, are the Braves trading for or signing a free agent next? And if we trade, who are we giving up? I'd hate to give up A.J. smith Shaver. I think it's going to be a free agent signing next. I don't think we've gotten to the trade part of the offseason yet. I think we'll still wait to see how the free agent market develops before we start getting into some trade discussions. So I think the next move for the Braves will be some sort of free agent signing, whether that's you know signing one of the top starting pitchers or getting just a depth guy. I still think they're going to sign two more starters. Again, I do not believe Lopez is the answer for one of those rotation spots, I think he's just kind of a, a fallback in case some of these other options don't work out. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks so much. We're almost up to 300 people in here live watching. Thank you so much for all the support, whether you're here live or watching the replay. I really do appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves on YouTube. Hit that like button on this video if you made it to the end. Thank you so much. Thanks for being an everydayer here on the podcast. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 